0: Welcome to Engaging Parenting, the Bridgeway podcast on parenting kids and teens. We're here to talk specifically about the glorious and terrifying work of parenting teenagers in our culture, why being spiritually and culturally informed is essential, and discussing practical tips on how you can parent confidently and watch your teenagers thrive. My name is Pastor Cliff. Pastor Matt is not with us today. And again, we have Keith Ritchie and Arlene Pellicane with us today um, on this episode. And we're great again, so excited to have you guys. Great you. to be here. And uh, today I, I was just talking before we started the recording. Um, this this topic is something that I am very excited about what we're addressing today. Um, now, when we first launched Engaging Parenting, I, I told parents... Um, all around this region, I'm like, hey, we're starting, I'm starting a podcast on parenting teenagers. And they always laughed at me because they said, Cliff, you're not a parent. <laughs> and I said, you know what? That is true. Um, but I'm a youth pastor and I think I have a unique perspective. That gives you a yeah. lot of clout. Right? Exactly. Right there. Exactly. Um, but today um, I unfortunately can't really bring too much to the table, uh, but I know you two are going to be able to bring so much um, just info and um, just wisdom to this. We'll do our so best. here's the thing. About teenagers is they take up most of our lives. Would you guys agree? You bet. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> they take Absolutely. up most of our lives. So when they get to the teenage years or even before that, um, as parents, as a husband and wife, sometimes the marriage mm-hmm. gets the back seat um, when we're parenting um, our teens. And how can we make sure that marriages take the front seat instead of <laughs> the trunk Yeah. Um, <laughs> when we're parenting teenagers? Totally.
1: You know, I have two Big thoughts on this. The first one is, hey, we better stay married and happily married and think about our marriage because this kid's leaving. Like this kid is not going to be here in a year, in two years. And then the two of us are going to be staring at each other. And if we (laughs) have only our child in common, we're going to be in a lot of trouble. So that's the first thought. And then the second thought is your teenager is going to launch into the world of young adulthood. Yeah, And he or she is going to get their idea of what does this whole relationship, marriage thing look like from you? And if they see, you know what, there's not a whole lot of magic there. You know, that doesn't really give them... This overwhelming feeling to get married. So I know it may be late in the game to think, oh, great, I have a senior and we've got to reclaim all this, but you can. You still can. Just Absolutely. be thinking about, you know, it's going to be just my spouse and I. So how can I prepare for that? And then my child is going to be entering the years where they're going to be choosing a marriage companion. And how can I show them through our marriage that this is actually fun? Yeah. <laughs> that you actually want like to get married. be looking forward to this. Yeah. yeah. Like this is actually a good part of your life.
0: Yeah, exactly. No, that's
2: good. This is a huge area where more is caught than taught. Yeah. yeah. That your kids need to see the visible evidence that mm-hmm. you and your spouse are enjoying each other, yeah. that, that you look forward to seeing each other, mm-hmm. that there's a mutual respect and admiration that, that there's fun, mm-hmm. all, all of those things need to be lived out as a, a story that's told throughout the lives of your kids as they grow up. Yeah. And that's something that they can take away for the rest of their lives.
0: Yeah. No, that's that, that's super good. Uh, again, just giving, giving your teenagers an example of what it looks like. Absolutely. Because um, I think in our culture today, marriage is not something that people get excited about. Um, just for a lot of different reasons. And so yep. if you kind of present it as something that is a positive thing, that would be great. But the first thing I have to ask in, on this topic is many uh, parents out there are, are single or divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, how can that parent yep. present marriage as a positive thing? Such a good question. How can you help your, help your child there?
1: So there, it's not necessarily that a child's going to look and say, oh, Wow that relationship, which, you know, was broken, that, that that's not going to be something that they want to emulate per se. Yeah. But for that parent, that single mom or that single dad, then it's, I think, getting to that point in their life where the bitterness is gone, that God's comfort and healing has come into their life, and they're at least able to talk about marriage in a positive way to their child. You know, so if we don't have anything good to say about marriage, let's say, just don't say anything yet until you're at the stage in your life where you're able to talk about it. And then maybe, you know, and be praying about this. And those of us that are married, think about, like, look around for single parents around you so that that single parent could, say, uh, have a relationship with a married couple. And that married couple, they could have dinner together. And then those kids could see, oh— not every dad walks away, not every mom mm, walks so away, right. you know, just they have that model. And then whatever, you know, if you are a single mom with a son, then maybe looking for programs in church where there's an, a, a mentorship there, where yeah. a man would be mentoring your son, a respected, you know, obviously an honorable man that so that he could have that kind of input in his life. So be looking for that. So they get this healthy view of what a marriage is the God, the way that God intended, what does that look like?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's
2: super good. That's super good. And even with um, parents who are no longer together, there's an opportunity hopefully to be collaborative Mm -hmm. around uh, raising for the sake of the kids. Yeah. For your kids. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's value to be gained for your Mm -hmm. kids from that uh, observing that experience. If, if you're working as a team to raise your child, uh, that will instill uh, really important values into uh, your kids as they experience that, and uh, they're going to be better for it.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Really and on that on that kind of light, I think. Uh, back in this whole idea of being a team. Um, I think a lot of times when I was growing up, I would ask my dad certain questions that I knew he would mm-hmm. say yes to yeah. <laughs> that yeah. my mom would say no to yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. Um, but how, how can a couple work together when they don't agree on parenting strategy? Like what, what does that look like? Because the, the teenager and even sometimes the kids will see the disconnect there and they will take advantage of it, unfortunately. So so how can a couple work together?
1: I've got an example for you, Cliff. <laughs> so, <laughs> Great. So Perfect. So we have a middle schooler and we okay. have a high schooler. High schooler is a boy, loves to bike. If I say you can't bike to school, he thinks that's a punishment. You oh, know, wow. the school's three miles away. <laughs> he does not care. Like, that's fabulous. Now, of course, a girl, and I'll tell my husband this, a girl biking into school on a hot day with Hills Like that's not very fun. Like to arrive (laughs) to school as a girl, all sweaty. And so my husband will make fun. Are you all sweaty? Like he makes fun of it. So this is our bone of contention where I will be like, hey, she's a girl different from the boy. Doesn't want to bike in. Let's cut her some slack. Like, let me drive her in and then let her bike home. So to all you women out there, you're like, yeah, that's totally reasonable. But to <laughs> you men out there, you're thinking, she doesn't have, why does she can bike in? She's a healthy girl. Why does she bike in, right? So this is our, so what do we do? So we have to, first of all, disagree in private. So that my Mm. daughter doesn't see, like, oh, look, we've got them divided. Let's take them down. That was my goal. Let's take them down. So we disagree in private. And then, once, and then this is the thing once you have aired your opinion, you've both aired your opinion, and you've come to an agreement then you kind of have to have peace and leave it alone. Because I found that whenever I touched on it, my husband would be like, we have talked about this before. So sometimes we as wives, we bring things up too much. And so even for the sake of unity between the husband and wife, once something's talked about and decided, you know, like stick with the plan and zip your mouth. Now, here was our plan. This was our compromise that if it was hotter than 70 degrees <laughs> in the morning when she left the house, that she could get a pass to get driven in. Because if it was that hot super early in the morning, you know, 7 a.m., it's gonna be a really hot day. So, and that's been working. So, we kind of, so what, you know, you're not gonna agree whether it's about screen time, boyfriends, yeah. girlfriends, when should they date? Should they get yeah. money? Should, can they wear those short shorts? You're always, there's always gonna be something like, We disagree about this. That's going to be normal. So to take those disagreements in private and maybe in front of your child, you say like, "Okay, well, you know, we have to think about this. We'll get back with you, you know, tomorrow with an answer. And then you talk about it. And then you're really trying to think what's best for the for the child. And you're also trying to be considerate to each other, like open minded about what the other person has to say, because I will say, even though it's not my way, it's good. It is physically good for my daughter to bike to school. And yeah. she's gonna be tougher than your average eighth grader because she has to do all this stuff, right? And so I could see that if she did it my way, which is the more catering way, you know, this way's gonna make her tough. And who knows, maybe later in her life she'll really need that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's 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 super good. I, I really appreciate that. Um, if this is one of those episodes, if you haven't figured it out already, take notes um, because this is some good stuff that we're already talking about. Um, and so Keith kind of in, in your experience um, parenting, you know, teenagers and whatnot, what, what does it look like when maybe you and Susan disagree? Um, is it one of those things kind of, kind of like Arlene, where you disagree in private or, you know, sometimes do they see yeah. the arguments, but you can't help it. And
2: uh, I, I just want to affirm everything that Arlene says. She was right on the money. Uh, presenting a united front to your kids is crucial. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we do, however, sometimes is we actually open up some of the disagreements that Susan and I have yeah, and give them a little window mm-hmm. into how we navigate that and let them recognize that we're not always on the same page about everything, but we don't, we don't live it out. We don't live the argument out in front of our kids. We share the experience of what happened and how we dealt with it as a, as a training and teaching opportunity. So there's a big difference yeah. there. Yeah. You don't want to spur an argument in front of the kids. You want to teach them about an experience so that they can learn something from it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that That's really good. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, and so y- you mentioned already, and I think we've already potentially answered this question, but why is it so important to present a united like front as a, as a team, as a husband and wife?
1: I'm thinking like in the Bible, you know, it's like the husband and wife will become one flesh. Like yeah. They are one. Yeah. And we often think as parents, like we become one with our child because our allegiance sometimes goes to the child. It's like, okay. oh, if my son or daughter wants to do it, even though my spouse doesn't want to do it, I'm going to go with my son or daughter. Or, you know, like we kind of tend to be that way. Yes. And so for us to go back to, okay, wait a minute, I am united with my husband. So that's that one flesh. So it's so important then for that unity, like unity is so important to God. I, I can't tell you why. <laughs> But it's so important, mm-hmm. you know, that Jesus is praying, "Let them be one, as we are one." Yeah, you know, this is what he's going to pray for the church. So it's like, okay, for a marriage to be able to be so cohesive, so together, so, so the indivisible, because the kids are, you know, manipulative by nature. We all are to mm-hmm. be selfish and all these things. And when we know, hey, we can get in there, but if they know oh, their allegiance is going to be to each other. You know the kids. Yeah. No, mom's going to side with dad and dad's going to side with mom. You know, it's it then it helps that married couple have more authority over the kids versus the kids playing them.
0: Yeah. And and how well does like for example a date night help with this?
2: Oh, it helps a great deal. <laughs> well, first of all, in in our house, our kids Know when we're getting ready to have a date experience. We got something on the calendar. We're planning for it, and we, we kind of let them know that hey, we're looking forward to getting some time alone. Mm -hmm. What we're doing is we're we're lifting ourselves out of the role as a parent, and we're placing ourselves in the role of a spouse. Mm -hmm. And and we need to be very intentional about that. And so our kids know that's coming, and, and it's a good thing in the household that we are spending time away from our kids. Yeah, and. There is a sense of security that actually comes from mm-hmm. that. I think with our kids, mm. that they have confidence that we're okay, and we're demonstrating that by spending some t- uh, focused time together, going out to dinner, going to a movie, whatever, whatever you like to do. And uh, you know, as parents, we can't walk away from all the other facets of our life that are still going on. We still need to engage in our friendships and our and our marriages and and all of the other parts of our lives. Uh, the, the kids will consume as much time as we will give them. Yeah. And they need a lot of time. We we need to acknowledge that, but you have to find a sense of balance there. And if you're going to have a healthy marriage and to Arlene's point, uh, who are you going to be with when the kids are out of the house, invest now in that. And you'll give your kids a beautiful picture of what it means for husband and wife to love each other, uh, no matter what the circumstance or season in life. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and date night, you know, it's funny. You know, I write books, 31 Days to a Happy Husband, 31 Days to a Becoming a Happy Wife. So we, I write about this stuff, and then you realize we haven't been on a date for <laughs> really long time. <laughs> so I work from home as an author and a speaker. My husband is a realtor. And he's got a home office. So yeah, he's out, but he's in a lot too. So sometimes we're like, well, we've seen each other all the time. So why do we need to schedule this date night? But then the date night, it's different. It is different to get that on the calendar. So, so that is an area that we are working on to have that date night. But I will tell you something new that's happened that's been really fun is with my fifth grader and eighth grade girls, Like when it's date night, for the first time, like this has never happened. They're like, oh, mom, like we'll help you pick your outfit. You know, they're kind of like into it. And then they'll help me and they'll accessorize and do these things. And I can see like this glimmer in their eyes. And it's so funny and sweet. And I think, you know what, if they like get excited. Like mom and dad are going on a date. Like we're going to help dress mom up, you know? And and I figure when they're older, they are, won't be interested in this. So I should enjoy it now while they want (laughs) to do it, take advantage advantage of of it now. But it gives them that idea of like, this is something to look forward to. Yeah, Someday Mm -hmm. somebody's going to take me out to dinner and I'm going to pick out earrings to go with the shirt or whatever. And so that's been kind of fun to see the girls, their little glimmer in their eyes. And they'll be like, what'd you guys do on your date night? And like, where did you go? What did you do? And they're interested. So that has been a fun side benefit of that. Yes, you're dating to keep your marriage alive, but your kids are also watching the date and they're watching like the effect that it has. And I love Dr. David Clark. He's a psychologist. And I interviewed him for my book and he was saying, when you go on a date, It shouldn't be like a nice time. You have a nice time with Aunt Bertha. You know, you don't, you're not supposed to have a nice time with your spouse. He's like, this supposed to be fun and like romantic and adventurous and be goofy and be silly. And so sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that because the date can turn into a business meeting and they have to be like, okay, no, this is a business meeting. This is not a date. So, and it does take effort. You know, yeah. like it sounds silly, but sometimes it takes effort to have fun, to be silly and to to be that way again. Yeah. We have to kind of rekindle and rediscover that in ourselves.
2: There's a, a sense of intentionality that you have to bring to it. It's sort yeah. of you get out of it what you put into it. Mm-hmm. If you decide what you're going to do five minutes before you leave, your, your chances of having <laughs> a, a successful date probably drop um, by a lot. Not always, but I think on the average. So like you plan everything else, mm-hmm. th- think about what you want to do and what experience you want to have. And then also th- have that thought about, okay, what are, what are my kids seeing through this yeah. and how can they be a part of that experience uh, even though they're not going on the date? Yeah. And we've,
0: we've talked about this idea a lot on, on the podcast of like taking care of yourself. So if you're yeah. listening to this episode right now, take care of yourself. Um, if you and your and your spouse take care of yourself, when you go on dates, when you um, spend time and have an open communication with your spouse, um, your teenagers see that, your your kids see that, um, and you're able to walk home every night and be a little bit more comfortable in your home because you matter, God loves you, and you're this kid's parent for a reason. Yeah. So take advantage of that.
1: And you know what, Cliff, that date night, that can continue. It's not just date night and then like Everyone's business, like all all month long, (laughs) until the date night again. So it's okay for us parents, like, be affectionate towards each other, even Mm. in front of your children. That's so gross, though. I know. (laughs) Like, it's okay for your kids to be like, "Ew!" Like, then you know, like, "Hey, I'm doing a good job. I'm grossing my teenager Yeah, that's the goal. If you embarrass them, that's a plus. Yeah, that's a plus. (laughs) My husband always jokes around that if we're at the airport and we see people like passionately kissing, he'll say like, "Oh, those people are not married (laughs) because (laughs) if they were married, they wouldn't be doing that." Yeah. So. you know, I interviewed for my book, I interviewed uh, Dr. Cliff Pennard. He is a sex therapist and one thing that he and his wife Joyce talk about is the pilot light to stay lit between a husband and a wife. And that is the five to 30 second kiss. So if you can even as a couple think to yourself, have I done the kiss today? you know like a five to 30 second kiss outside of you know the, the big the big thing, uh, that that's good that that connects you and that also shows your kids. This is affection. This is yeah. what this looks like.
0: Man, I, I had my water heater go out a couple weeks ago. So the whole pilot light just <laughs> triggered my yeah, own brain exactly. of, oh no, that's <laughs> not, not having hot water is not good. Yeah, so, so if you yes. don't keep
1: that pilot light lit, then you get yourselves in big trouble. Exactly. <laughs> Cliff,
0: do not kiss your water heater. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to. <laughs> no, that's a really, that's a really good idea. Just kind of keeping those, those little things because the business of life, it's hard to, to put our spouse and our, our marriage first. Right. And but that if we is do just like things, five seconds, 10 yeah, seconds. That's not that It's long.
1: free. It's doesn't cost you anything. Like yeah. it's so easy.
0: Shooting that text. Hey, I love you in yeah. the middle of the day. Or maybe yep. it's a sure. a note in their lunch pail. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and in those moments, your kids will protest just like Arlene was saying. It's like, Oh, gross. Get a room. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, that's kind of <laughs> what we hear. Yeah, But it's something's happening there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and they see that. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they are not missing it. Yeah. They're, they're And that's the thing. They are watching you. Yeah. Uh, Even when you don't think they are, they're watching. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So, so other than the, you know, five second kiss and and date night, what are, what are some other ideas and practical tips on how you can really continue to be a team outside of kind of over communicating as, as a spouse?
1: I think a lot of times my husband, James, and I will listen to something like a podcast together like this one. Um, (laughs) We'll listen to something and then it gives us something to talk about. And it gives yeah, us a new good. strategy, a new thought. Uh, sure. We attend a, a yearly conference together, so that we're having ideas, new ideas. We take couples out. We just took a couple out. They they have uh, two college age kids, and so we took them out for dinner and asked them like, "What'd you do for high school for dating? What'd you do for this? What you?" And so now it helps us formulate our parenting strategy together as well. So those kinds of things keep you kind of keep you moving along.
0: Yeah.
2: That's good. One of the very basic things, Susan, and I have done really since we had kids was uh, engage in a conversation when I get home every day in front of the kids as much as possible. Um, Susan's in the home most of the day. She homeschools the kids. I'm out uh, working outside of the home. So first things first when we get home, you know, is I'll say hey to the kids, uh, but I will focus on Susan first, mm-hmm. really. And we'll, ha- we'll engage in a dialogue about the day. How did it go? What's going on? You know, what do we have going on this weekend? Whatever the topic mm-hmm. might be. But that, just that there's those few moments of connection as, as really the first thing uh, my kids see me do when I get home. And I think that just sets the tone that yeah. this is the primary relationship in the home. Then turn the yeah. attention to the kids. Yeah, that, that shows good. a lot.
0: Um, yeah. Because as you were saying that story, Keith, I kind of was picturing myself as one of your kids. And like when I saw my dad go and do that, it's like, oh, that's a big deal. Like he's talking to mom before he's even talking to me. And that even teaches your kids patience mm-hmm. too. Cause I think sometimes you see kids all the time when you're in a, in a conversation, they tap you on the, on the, Absolutely. on the waist, oh, yeah. daddy, daddy, yeah, all mommy, mommy, it's <laughs> yes. like, no, wait, daddy's in a conversation. You know, I see yes. that a lot with, with dads and, and moms and that, and they're super patient in doing that. You don't see like but, the
1: wife tapping on her husband, hubby, <laughs> hubby, yeah. hubby, hubby, like, even yeah. though she wants to. Even though she For wants sure. that
0: cause she wants that, that, you know, that conversation. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I, um, The episodes before this last one, I had my parents on and the podcast, and it was really cool just having them. If you haven't listened to those episodes yet, go back and listen to right them. On. But something that I always saw with, with my parents is um, they were real with each other mm-hmm. um, in their conversations, even in front of us, because there was times where my dad would have a bad day And my mom would listen to him and, or vice versa. My mom was a math teacher, high school Mm -hmm. math teacher. So she was dealing with teenagers all the time. And I I think what was helpful for me is I saw obviously the positives Mm -hmm. of of marriage, but also the, the, the tough part of marriage of like, okay, even though you had, you know, you worked potentially between eight and 10 hours today, you have to go home and your most important job is still about to happen. And that's your relationship with your, with your spouse. And so um, I, I saw that happening day in and day out and it, it really made me, um, love my parents even more, but also kind of, yeah. I was able to relate and also was like, oh, I can understand a little bit more what it looks like, Yes, you know? So yeah, that, that teamwork mm-hmm. thing, um, really believe it or not, your teenagers and your kids are watching you, um, like an unintended creeper, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and they don't know totally that they're agree. being creepy, but they're looking, <laughs> yes. So just just be, just be super, super aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so back to something we talked about at the beginning of this episode, Arlene. Um, what, if you're a single parent, how do all of these types of practical yeah. tips come in?
1: Yeah, because it's different.
0: It's super different. Because
1: it's not like, oh, how should I treat my spouse when they come in? No one's coming in. Yeah. So then it turns into a lot of like, how do you take care of yourself and make sure yes. you have the resources to be the team for your kids and be that person. And so my goodness, in the single friends uh, that I know, the moms and dads, um, I'll give you, I'll think of a mom and a dad. So for those moms, I see them going to a support group. Yeah, I see them going to a mom's group like twice a month uh, for my friend. And that makes a big difference to be with other, both married moms and single moms, but to get that encouragement because it's hard. You think like, You know, when you're a team and there's two of you, you can feel like it's us against them. Yeah. But when there's only one of you and maybe you're outnumbered by your kids (laughs) and you lay down the law and they're all against you, you're like, I am all alone. It's me against the world. So for you to get into a support group, whether through the church, whether through a community effort, whatever it is, but whether it's maybe it's another, maybe it's older, a mentor mom who wants to have coffee with you once a month, whatever it is for you to have a place where you can be encouraged and poured into so you can feel like. Someone is supporting what I am doing. Yeah. I am great. not doing this all by myself. Yes. And then I know for the single dad that I know, you know, it's it's those corrections and those decisions. So for instance, he had asked his um, his mom for some extra help because he just needed that. But they had a conflict where the mom, since the kids were small, was they're watching a lot of TV. Yeah. And so he realized, like, man, my kids are getting really like addicted to TV. So he took a month and he said, no TV only books. And at the end of this, I'll take you somewhere really special, you know? Mm. And that home transformed in that month, he told me, because the reading all of a sudden gave it such a, like a calmer atmosphere. And the boys all of a sudden discovered they love reading. So even as a single dad, you know, sometimes you think like, I don't have the resources. I don't have the tools. Like look for tools. My husband is like, men love tools. Like if you tell me what to do and how to do it, I will do it. But if you don't tell me, like, I have no idea. So just look for resources as a single dad, like other single dads that you can ask or other married dads, like, what do you do with this? And just get more tools and more resources. So you've got a few plans you can play, even though you're up on your own.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's good. I mean, even friends could be something that's important in this time as a single parent. Like you have friends outside of, you know, school Mm -hmm. and other parents that you meet, like go hang out with your friends. Um, So what's wrong with that? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yep. And just to add a little bit to that, I agree mm-hmm. with everything Arlene said. Uh, I talked earlier about how I, I greet Susan when I get home and we engage in a conversation. Yeah. Well, you can channel that into your relationship with Christ, yeah. that you have a, a visible evidence of your spiritual relationship and your devotional time, your prayer time. Maybe you like to do that early in the morning when the kids are still sleeping, which is great and fine, but maybe consider doing some of that in front of your kids so Mm -hmm. that they see that you're engaging in a healthy, active relationship with your Savior. Yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah, that's really good. Um, Do you guys have any other last thoughts on any of this stuff?
2: Oh, wow. I could go on a long time about this topic. (laughs) Uh, I I hesitate to say the word tension, but there is some tension that exists in in the family home between the marriage relationship and the parenting relationship, and it's sort of built into the way... It's structured, but it doesn't have to feel like tension if we are intentional about uh, allowing time for all aspects of our human relationships. Yeah, parenting is hard. It's it's very labor intensive. Uh, I I always say it's like the the peace corps. It's the toughest job you'll ever love. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's wonderful. It's amazing, but it's very demanding. But start today. And really look at your schedule and your time and how you're how you're committed and how you can make sure that the preeminent human relationship in your home, your marriage, uh, gets its proper attention. And yeah, it, it will pay you that's back so good. many times over.
0: Yeah, that's that's really good.
1: And we did talk about, of course, the importance of date night, but there is a place for that business meeting. And by business meeting, I mean like you as a couple getting together and saying, "Okay, oh, what yeah. are the next three skills our child needs to know? Okay, oh, our child is good. our child is going to be getting a driver's license in the next year. What's going to be our plan for that? That's going to be on the docket for us. You know, who's going so, to draw the yeah. straw, small stick of <laughs> yeah. teaching them how to drive? Exactly. <laughs> so all these things. So kind of thinking through and being very proactive in your parenting, like one step ahead of them, so that when they get to a certain point, it's like, oh, my husband and I have just talked about that or whatever. And it doesn't mean you're doing it perfectly, but at least you're having the discussion so you're more prepared. So whether it's preparing for college or what are we going to do with this SAT plan or what having those times where you're having these proactive conversations so you're not caught off guard and you're also kind of feeling it out together because it's all new territory for everybody.
0: Yeah.
2: Sure. Yeah, that's so and good. And just to echo something Arlene said earlier- yeah to track behind someone who has kids a few years older than yours mm-hmm. gives you sort of the the topics that you need to start to ease into and yeah. that you get ahead of before it's upon you so it's, it's really really good
0: yeah those are just great, great advice.
1: Yeah. Before we did this podcast, I asked Keith, who has kids older than me, I asked him like, "Give me some advice," yeah. right? And we talked about it. Yeah. Uh, so that is so so good.
0: Yeah. There's nothing wrong with going over over to some other parents that you may know that you enjoy, and you're like, "Hey, how did you do this? Totally. What's What's up with that? Because again, it's there isn't a specific book. This these are exact. Lead the rules on how you need to parent, mm-hmm. and so that's why we created this podcast, and that's why we're trying to open the conversation of, "Hey, let's talk about what it looks like to parent these teens. Let's talk about what it looks like to have a marriage that thrives while parenting."
2: Yeah, you see, you see a neighbor that has a beautiful garden, and you yeah. go ask them, you say, "How right. did you get that garden to look yes. so amazing? Exactly you know, the color and and uh-huh. all the choices that you've made." Uh, it's the same with parenting. You see kids around you in your community. In your circle of friends, and and you really like what you mm-hmm. see, those are the people that you should be talking to.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. That's that's really good. Well, um, as we as we close this this episode, I really feel like the need. I want to be praying over you, those who are listening, um, and your marriages right now. So as we close this podcast, I'm just going to be praying for you and your spouse, um, and maybe if you're a single parent, and just kind of for your old Whole fam- uh, household, so let's let's pray right now. God, thank you, Lord, for um, for this podcast. Thank you for Arlene and Keith being here and and giving us some advice on what it looks like to truly parent um, teenagers and make sure that our marriages are are a huge part of our life. And God, I pray for those households that I mean, it's it's tough coming home um, after a long day. There's there's tension in the house, and God, we just pray that you break that right now in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for moms um, who are uh, single moms who are who are struggling and who are dealing with things. God, surround them with friends, with mentors, with people who can support him, support them. God, we pray for the single dads out there, God, as well. Lord, support them in the ways that they need to. If they love sports, get them out to a sports game and have fun uh, and do whatever they they need to do to blow off some steam so they continue to come back to their house and parent um, and allow these teenagers to thrive. And God, we just pray for, for peace um, throughout every household that is, that is listening to this podcast and outside as well. Um, God, we, we truly understand that God and the Holy Spirit should be in and through every single room and space in every, every house. So God, we ask you to go before them and allow them to um, truly thrive in, in their parenting and also in their relationships with each other and their teens. We trust you and we love you. Uh, amen. Amen. And as always, um, thank you guys for being a part of this episode. If you have any questions for me, um, please email me at cwoodward@bridgewaychurch. Other than that, can't wait for the next episode. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Engaging Parenting Podcast, hosted by Pastor Matt Bach and Pastor Cliff Woodward, presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. For more information about Bridgeway and other content, visit bridgeway.church.